Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the den for another Game of Thrones Raven on podcast. We've got so much to talk about this week, so let's get started. Please welcome my erstwhile companion, as he is every week, Stuart Late. Welcome to Raven On. How have you been? Hello, Natalie. I've been fantastic. That's and, good. Yep, and uh, it's been it's been a, a long week between episodes. It has. It, it feels it like feels a huge. super long week. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, of course, we had an epic discussion about the Sansa wedding night rape scene. Yes, we did. We've had some good feedback on that. Thank you to everyone who yeah, gave their opinions, either on the Facebook page or in comments on the Fairfax site or on our SoundCloud page. You know, we're just all over the web, Stu. Totally. We're rocking the web. We've got a major footprint. Any thoughts that you've had since then? I've noticed that uh, some people have said that they're not going to watch the show anymore. I saw that this week, yeah. That was, that was really interesting because those people essentially were agreeing with me. Yes. But then they were taking it one step further. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying boycott the show. That's not what I'm saying, even slightly. Like, I, I think that, that one side in particular that did that, I think, well, I don't know why they, you know, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a statement to make that you're not going to review the show anymore. But like a, a, lot of, a lot of sites sort of said, oh, and a lot of people said, oh, that's it. We've done our dash. We're not going to watch the show anymore. I'm like, well, still watch the show. I, mm. I love the show. I'm doing a podcast about the show. I love it. You know, it's just that, you know, that particular scene at that particular time really sort of rubbed me the wrong way. So then coming into this week's episode, let's start with Sansa and yes, Ramsay then. Exactly. Let's make that the starting point. <laughs> Do you feel that it has justified itself in some way? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this this week because they definitely use it. And apparently it's happened a bunch more times mm. since. Because Sansa's covered in bruises and she says she's been there, it's happening every night for weeks and that sort of thing, mm. which is horrific when you think about it. But I guess they kind of did. I mean, it definitely drove the plot forward. Not that specific scene, but the idea of Ramsay being this hateful person spurs Sansa on to encourage Theon to reclaim his identity and then take the action that he does. But then it all backfires and they're back to square one again. It does Which seems backfire. to be a, a, a symptom of any storyline involving Ramsay and Theon. And this is the point that I want to make, which is I think everyone says, we know how bad Ramsay is. We don't need to see him being bad. Hmm. Unfortunately, that's who he is. He, yeah, is, so that's, he that's exists what the is, yeah. to be bad and mm. to torture people. And I don't think we're ever going to see that let up while he remains alive. No, that's right. But, but I think... The, the trouble, I mean, people complained about it in the original storyline where he had Theon, you know, trapped and was torturing him. Mm. Where, you know, interesting, exciting things were happening and then we go back to this room where Theon's being tortured and it's not fun and it doesn't advance the plot. You know, it really didn't. Like, and, and it was just, it was, it was literally there from, from an external perspective to keep Alfie Allen in the show mm. for, for that season. Otherwise, he would have gone away because yes. apparently the books he just goes away mm-hmm. and then comes back as Reed. It's the same reason that Rob Stark had a storyline continuing yeah, through exactly. season three because in the books he's not a point of view character. That's and it. His, the show his, has his to... exploits are just kind of talked about. Yeah, um, but the show needs to keep its actors employed. That's it. It needs to do these acrobatics to sort of make sure that all the actors are are still there. And, and also because it's him. better to show not tell. I think in a book you can tell a bit more. Absolutely, it's, the, it's the, the nature of the adaptation. But they didn't find anything interesting. I guess there was only one thing that could happen. Mm. But, you know, we just always go back to that room and see Theon being tortured in new ways. And then he'd escape, and then he'd go back again. And now we're back you know? to seeing that again, which exactly. is how <clears throat> much... I mean, my heart just sank when you open the door and you see Ramsay just sitting there with his dinner in front of him. <laughs> 
like he's been there Just all along. waiting for him. And then they yeah. follow it up with poor Sansa yes. getting let out of her locked room <laughs> to go and see the nice... The nice lady. Servant yeah. lady flayed. Yes. Uh, because she, you know, had helped Sansa in that way and he wanted uh, her to know, you know, yeah. why would you want to leave? This so, is your home. <laughs> why would you want to leave? Look at the nice decoration I made for you. But a couple of things about that scene. She now knows Jon Snow is in charge at the wall. Yep, that's happening. So she has a potential escape route or someone yes. who could help her maybe. We did have a hilarious, sorry to interrupt, we did have a hilarious cut to Brienne. Yeah. Who's just, who's just standing there. I joked a couple of podcasts ago, oh, you know, what does she do now? Did she just stand there looking at the tower? Yep, that's basically what she does with her day. She just sort of yeah. stands there looking at the tower, waiting for a candle. She is. She's, she's um, Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. <laughs> just waiting, waiting for the candle. But bless her. Bless her that she's there. Uh, but Sansa now knows that Jon Snow is also a potential ally. Yes. Because yeah. he's in a position of power. What she doesn't know is that he's buggering off Back above the wall. That's right, yeah. So there's no one there who's going to be potentially sympathetic to her. But the other thing she did, she picked up some sort of weapon. Some, so it looked like a corkscrew, corkscrew or something. Corkscrew. That's yeah. what I thought yeah. it was too. It wasn't quite clear, but she picked it up. And so then she gave Ramsay shtick about his bastard. I saw that. But this is the thing. Nature. Like I, I thought more was going to come of that scene because I thought she was going to... She was maybe going to try and ally herself with him a little bit. Like, she, like that scene was going to culminate with... Your, your position isn't strong. And then I thought the tag on that scene was going to be, so what can we do to, to help? And then she yeah. sort of tries to manipulate him a little bit. Hmm. But that didn't really happen. He sort of went, well, you know, bastards rise in this world quite fast, so back to the tower with you. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, that seemed weird. That might be some way that she starts to deal with it for Maybe, the next yeah, week, it, might, it might pay off. But we're, we're running out of episodes. This is the thing. Like, there are only three episodes yeah, left, Stu. What absolutely. the hell are we going to do this with our lives? This always happens just as you feel like the season's getting underway, it finishes. Yeah. It's the, the terror of a Game of Thrones fan. But I did love the way she said to him, but you're a bastard. But you're a and bastard. And a, a trueborn will always have a better claim. <laughs> and just the look of like rage on his face where you know he just wanted to like slap her or something, but mm. he was in public. He could be seen. Yes. So yeah, he, yeah. he kept that. So I hope that Sansa keeps that iron that she has. You yeah, know, in absolutely. Her. She's got that, that iron or is it steel? It's, it's an alloy. Yes. <laughs> no, steel is an alloy. Steel's of... a, well, no, no, steel, steel's uh, iron, and... iron with carbon. It's carbon yeah. fortified. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I just, I, I and Valyrian steel is another thing entirely. Yeah, she's got Valyrian, Valyrian steel, steel in her soul, and I hope <laughs> that she keeps it. While we're up around the Winterfell North area, let's quickly check in with Stannis. Not having a good time of it. No, no. Again, again, uh, butting heads with Melisandre, who might have overextended herself a little bit this time. I think she went a little bit too far this this week. She wants him to sacrifice Shireen. Yes, like, like, and not, and not like Gendry with the leeches. She wants him to sacrifice her, and that's insane. And he has that really strong reaction. And now we sort of see why they were setting up sort of earlier in the season. It's like, no, no, no. He loves his daughter. Yeah. You know, and there's no way that he's going to sacrifice well, her. Is there no well, way? Well, well, I hope you know. there's no way because Stannis has come a long way in my esteem this season. Yes. And I don't want him screwing that up by doing anything to Shireen. Because Stu Shireen is pure gold. She is she a is. real little fighter <laughs> and a sweetheart. And I will not brook any negative action towards her in any way. And not only that, I, I, think, I think that would be the breaking point for Sir Davos as well. You're absolutely right, because he loves that girl as well. He loves that well. girl, yeah. So if anything were to happen, I think 
Sedano. And he's been really tolerant of Melisandre. Remember, he tried to kill her, I think. Yeah, that's right, he did. Um, um, he made a promise to Stannis, I think, that he was going to just butt out and let her handle things. Yeah. So he's been butting out and letting her handle things. But I think if they went to sacrifice the princess, I think he would be have some words. Mm. He would have some things to say. It's getting cold, though. It is. I noticed that we this week. We finally yeah. seem to have winter. There's, it's well, gone well, beyond just frosty to yeah. real snowy. There's snow. And, and it's, becoming, it's becoming a ticking clock now because Stannis has to have his troops in place to actually fight some battles before it gets properly cold mm. and, and, and everyone gets snowed in. And as he says in this episode, you know, it has to be now. If it's not now and they go back to Castle Black, then that's it. They're there for the winter. And they and with Westeros being what it is, you don't know how long winter's going to last. Mm. So they could be there for years. And he will be the king who ran. Yeah. Which would gall a man like Stannis particularly. It's, you know. Yeah, but he's he's got troubles there because he is the one doing the moving. Ramsay just has to defend Winterfell, mm. Bolton's. Boo his Bolton. Boo his Boltons. Um, only have to defend <laughs> Winterfell. They they don't have to attack. So traditionally in, in medieval battles, when you are attacking, you know, there's a lot more you have to consider. Yes. Supply lines and all those things that Davos mentions is Absolutely. how you keep your army fed and watered and, and rested and all those sorts of and things. And not only that, like Winterfell is famously um, impregnable. Like the only way that people have gotten in in the past is when they know its weak points. Mm. You know, and it doesn't really have weak points. It usually is people get let in. I think with the Iron Islanders, when Theon took over Winterfell, it was because it was undefended. Like yeah. he just sort of showed up and he knew how to open the gates. Yeah, you know, so that was that was how which they took is it. why Stannis was probably very keen for Jon Snow to go yes, with him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. The other place where we're definitely seeing that it's winter is up at Castle Black, where Master Aemon or Maester Aemon died. Yeah, and I mean, look, that was that was probably coming for a while. I think I know, <laughs> but still, he was such a reassuring presence in the he show. He was, he was, and he had a really sweet couple of scenes to sort of finish things off. You know, that that last that last line, I, I dreamed that I was old. Yeah, that's, that's really poignant. It was, it was very it was poetic. Great. And it was nice that he could have a comfortable death as much as anyone could get mm. a comfortable death in Westeros. I don't yeah. think anyone has had a death like his. When he, he, just, died, he died in his bed. He died in his a, bed. At a ripe old age. I don't... I think <laughs> it doesn't happen to many characters. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much unheard of in Game of Thrones at this point. He didn't die at a battle or at a wedding. Or, or wasn't like poisoned that. or stabbed <laughs> or attacked or... Beheaded on the whim of a madman. That's it, and he could have been because this is the thing. Like uh, the wall is becoming a dangerous place again. Uh, I for, know, and know. I hate that because Sir Alistair Thorn in my side. <laughs> you know that's all he'll ever be. I, that was a joke I wrote in my recap today. I hope people get it. <laughs> is there still much truck with the rhythmics lyrics? Sure, Thirty why years not? on, I don't know. <laughs> It's coming back with the kids. But that's 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 what he is now. But he's just going, you're losing all your friends, Sam Tarly. Because Jon Snow's left. Mm. With a, you know, see you, see you, Alisa, you're in charge. I have to tell you that you're an idiot for going anywhere. <laughs> and you're insulting, you you're insulting all of the brothers who've died at the hands of wildlings. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your honesty. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't see Jon Snow again, sadly. It is always sad. But what we did see was Sam... Stepping up and being a little bit Stepping of a hero. Stepping up, absolutely. Um, I need a hero. You know, I thought that scene was going to go very differently. It's really interesting to contrast that with the yes. scene that we had last week with yeah. Sansa. Yeah, Which was a very brutal, intimate sexual assault, whereas this one was almost a caricature. It was A cliche almost. A, almost yeah. a cliche. Yeah. 
in the way it was, come on, love, you're a girl, you're the only girl here, come on, give us a kiss. It was like these two guys who I've never seen before. Cause, and we haven't. Like, like there are two characters we've never seen. You know, there's yeah. a, yes, I know there's only 50 men at the watch, but you would... <laughs> you know, so there's just two new random Night's Watchmen. Hmm. And they move to attack Gilly, and then Sam comes in to defend her. And they give him a beating. They give him a real beating, to the point where I was actually... I'm like, oh, is this where Sam checks out? I Surely not, but... Wow. Like, yeah. like, you know, this show's done that sort of stuff before. But that was like a street bashing. To know, the point where I was genuinely worried about Sam. And I thought his injuries after the fact didn't really reflect exactly how badly he'd had his ass kicked. Yeah. Because he got kicked in the head. Like, he, yeah. got, he, got, he, he should have a broken jaw. His nose would be splattered across his face. Yeah. Like, you know, he should be much more injured than he what he was. More, more like mulch. Yeah. You know, really mulch. Absolutely. Then you had that great scene where he sort of gets back up to fight. Mm. And I thought that was great. And then ghost comes and and saves the day yeah. and that's and that's great but wow remember ghost yeah remember, he, remember he's the thing and here's my thought why <laughs> didn't why didn't john take ghost with him yeah well that's what i that's you would what have I thought assumed. that a dire wolf I... north of the wall would probably be a good safety measure although he hasn't been taking ghost for a lot of these sort of little missions where you would think that a dire wolf would really come in handy he tends to not take him ghost for the last few seasons really is sort of stayed at Castle Black. I wonder if that's the same as in the books or if it's just a special effects consideration, like with yeah. Danny's Dragons, where yeah, exactly. they're great to have around while you can sort of film them in, yeah, a, exactly. in a fairly straightforward way, but as soon as they start becoming CGI heavy and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Because they are, no, I think, I think Ghost is always CGI when he shows yeah, up. Yeah, I think he's, so. He's like too big to be a real dog. So. Yeah. It was good to see him. It's great. But it did it did seem almost like a bit of a deus ex machina to that scene. Because Sam was giving him the business. Like, he was... He was he got all hardcore. He got full-on action movie hardcore. He said, like, I've killed a White Walker. Yeah. I've killed a Thin. I'll take my chances yeah, with you. that's right. I like to think that Gilly would have helped and got a bit scrappy if their attention was diverted. Yeah, she'd that's probably, right. She'd be the type to grab a bucket and whack yeah. it over someone's head and that sort Absolutely, of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, it would be interesting to see if that happens again to Sam, whether he'll always have Ghost around. Hopefully he will, if Ghost is just Yeah, hanging. if Ghost is chilling at Castle Black, then maybe he'll have him on his side. That's interesting. Yeah. But then, you know, I worry about the direwolves because, you know, uh, Grey Wind, um, Rob Stark's direwolf didn't mean anything when the chips came down, the Red Wedding happened. Mm. You know, they shot him in a kennel, you know, so it's... The direwolves are not necessarily a get-out-of-jail-free card, even though they were in this case. I just don't understand why there would be aggression towards Sam when... Look, okay, fair enough, it was needed for the story to, to sort of... for him to defend Gilly's honour. But at the same time, Sam is now that Maester Eamon's dead, he's the guy who's going to be looking after the letters and the ravens and the, yeah, the, but, but the, as the they, books. But so... they, they point out a number of times that it's a bunch of idiots. Like they're they're a bunch yeah. of they're a bunch of criminals and rapists and you know horrible people. Just the scum of the earth who get sent to the wars punishment. Yeah. Right. So these aren't pretty, they, these aren't necessarily smart, intelligent guys. These are thugs mm. that are getting punished by being sent to the war, and they're just making the best of it. I can totally see how people like nature's bullies, mm. faced with a big fat morsel like Samwise Tarly. Or Sam Welltarly. Sorry, I'm getting my yeah. fantasy franchises mixed up. <laughs> Faced with Sam, they're like, well, that's that's the natural, the bully's natural prey. So yeah. they, they hone in on it, I guess. But then... Yes. Uh, <laughs> turn the lights down, everyone. Bow, it's about to get wow. sexy in here. <laughs> because Sam and Gilly had some awkward 
but some cute. awkward, probably painful after that beating. Yeah, sex. I know. It just shows that you know, obviously, some things on a man can still function no matter what the, <laughs> no matter what the pressures and push, the circumstances. Push through the pain. Push through the pain. It was uh, you know a little clunky, but very awkward. And of course, Sam's sort of rolling his eyes back and going, "Oh my!" <laughs> it was just darling. It was. It was the best. Just it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was exactly what you would have wanted from that scene. Yeah, yeah was... and I think you know because he's obviously loved Gilly for, for ages, and yeah. she's she's been very affectionate towards him but it was one of those you know she said a really interesting thing which was if you if that happens again don't worry about me don't look yeah. after me you need to look after yeah. little sam and you forget too that like she was living with craster so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know she's no stranger to all of this like you know but, i guess I, I guess she was saying like you know don't worry about me i can handle myself in that regard or, or my life is not as important you need to make sure little sam survives yeah it was lovely to see Sam and Gilly get it on. Yes. It'll be interesting to see if that carries on. Will there be repercussions of this? Because two men of the Night's Watch have just assaulted what is now the chief maester of the... Well, he's not a maester. Well, he's not he'll, a maester, but he's like he'll the... He'll be in charge of the... Um, is he stewards? Steward. Yeah, he's yeah. the chief steward of the of or the Night's Watch. Chief messenger. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's got a fairly important position and they've like pretty seriously assaulted him. You know, you've got to sort of go, well, what is the deal there and it it doesn't look like Alistair Thorne is going to do anything about it like he's certainly going to look the other way which is weird to me that I guess it makes sense because they're trying to be realistic about it they're not trying to be sort of the fantasy universe of oh well now you know all our differences are put aside Mm. it's like no 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 he still hates him he hates the side of him he just hates him on a deep visceral level he's just like he looks at Sam and just goes no I hate your guts Mm. you know but you wonder, he's also very pragmatic as a, as a character, and you wonder how far is he going to take this in the future? Is he going to allow these sorts of things to happen under his watch? Because he's in charge. A final thought on the two assault scenes, just not that I haven't been listening to you, Stu, with <laughs> devout interest, but it did just strike me. That's that, quite right. I think one of the reasons why people were so kind of viscerally affected by the Sansa rape scene was that Mm. that's kind of a scene where we want someone to come in and and save her from that horrible moment uh yeah and 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 no one does and in and in the gilly scene someone does come in and save her sam does and then moreover ghost does ghost does yes so i'm intrigued as to whether people have any thoughts on whether that scene with gilly would be out of place or whether they don't think about it in that way because she was saved from it definitely as I was watching and, and, and also because yeah, Gilly yeah. is a wildling and a commoner and you know and a, and a, you know oh. she, she has a different whether people's mm. opinions would be tempered by the fact that Sansa was a, a pure virgin and a heroine and you know I, I wonder if that plays into it or am I just being controversial for the sake of being controversial <laughs> get those clicks people now um look uh, I, I did think that as that scene was kicking off I'm like Wow, they're going to this well again already. That's that's interesting. Like you know, obviously they make these a long time ago. Mm. It's not something that you know they can sort of go back and change. But to have that scene, like the Sansa scene, as the capper to the last episode, and then to make rape a key plot point in this episode as well, I was like, oh, show you make it hard sometimes. But then I think I think that scene sort of really justified itself because it shows. Castle Black is now dangerous. The point of that scene was that Gilly and Sam are not safe. They've been a protected species for a long time, and now they're not, because, like Alistair says, all your friends are leaving, Tali. And a final question before we leave the wall, which uh, was brought up again by Cam, 
Hi, Cam, if you're listening. Hello, Cam. I watched the show with Cam. Eamon Targaryen was burned. Now, he's a Targaryen. And as Cam pointed out, would that actually do anything? Because remember Daenerys... <laughs> I did not even think about that. Cam said that first thing. Maybe I didn't think about it either. But Maybe, I mean, I don't think we're working by Superman rules here. I don't know. Like, I think... <laughs> Maybe once they're dead, they, they can be burned. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That's a good see, point. That is a good point. Didn't see the corpse after the but burn. Then, but then having said that, um, but then I guess they said he was blood of the dragon. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Viserys died and, and was susceptible to fire. So that it's is not true. necessarily all Targaryens. It's that just, is true. You know, maybe that, maybe yeah. that explains it. Maybe it's only the female Targaryens who are no, susceptible to it's, fire. It's, it's not because apparently that was a thing... In the past, like Targaryens have been resistant to, to fire. They have the blood of the dragon. <laughs> Targaryens are flame resistant. <laughs> Get your Targaryen shield. Store one in the cupboard in case of a kitchen fire. Fla- flame resistant. 50% chance of being mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just check in now. Let's go to the opposite end of the country and yes. check in at dawn. Oh, dawn. Because I know that you were very concerned about the welfare Ooh. of one Bronn. He doesn't even have a last name, does he? Bron the Cell Sword. Bron, uh, who was your father? You wouldn't know him. Yeah, you wouldn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I'd forgotten that. I was very, very happy with a weird scene with the sand snakes and that one was, of the sand. Yeah, very that, strange. Yeah, that got very um, kind of creepily sexy. Like it was yes. sexy, but almost you yes. almost felt a bit bad thinking it was. It was. Yeah. It was like, this is kind of sexy, but I feel a bit of an icky person. I, yeah, there, there, was, there was a strange much. ickiness of, of about the I whole thing. I feel I should look away. Yeah, it was very strange. But the upshot is uh, the sand snake who gave, who cut him with the dagger, with the poison dagger, and it was a poison dagger, we found out. Um, so he definitely was being poisoned. How? Uh, now, just in, we've talked about this before, the weird time zone skips. And yes, you, you, you know, yeah. we mentioned that Sansa has, has been locked up in Winterfell for, so it's for, been, it's been a for few some weeks. days, possibly weeks, yeah. with Ramsay. And yet, Bronn was in prison after this fight. Yeah. It really only seems like maybe a day or two, and he's starting to get sick. It was called the long farewell, the poison that was used, but you wouldn't think it, it would be that long a farewell. I, I, can, I can almost forgive the show that because it seems like the catalyst was... Him getting aroused, I guess, or, <laughs> or you know, I think that I may, I, I want to be charitable and oh, say it has wow. to do with heart rate or something. Oh, maybe that's because it. she definitely like encouraged that and was like, and he was like, Whoa, and then oh, it started taking so effect. Like, it's like a snake bite, you yeah. know, when they say we're yeah, exactly. So you've got to keep your heart rate low. Yeah, I guess that that was a thing, and and so she definitely like egged him on in that regard. And she said, you know, oh, how's your head? And he's like, oh, and then he's like, oh, wait, no, feeling yeah. quite woozy now. You wouldn't want to know what's you going on. In my <laughs> but yeah, so um, she obviously knew what she was doing, mm-hmm. and then, but then just gave him the antidote, and that was a weird way to end that scene. I was maybe it's building. I'm trust. very happy. I'm very yeah. very happy because Bron looked like he was on the way out there, and I was like, no, this is going to be it. And then he's back. He stays back. Yes, unless that's a temporary thing. I don't know, but it seems like that was the. She said that was the antidote. So yeah. I, you know, take that at face value. Like, because her sisters were rolling their eyes at her. This was yeah. Tyene who was doing all of the nudie stripping, okay, and right, seducing, and it was uh, Obama, Obara, uh, and <laughs> Nymeria Sand who were yes. sort of sitting there rolling their eyes, <laughs> like, like oh. they've seen this a yeah. lot. Like she does this every Friday night when they go yeah. out. You know, so cut a boy, make him aroused, give him the antidote. This routine again, <laughs> really. You know, they probably don't need the drugs to sleep with you. Like, <laughs> you are actually pretty hot. Yeah. That's... Um, and, you know, 
Good set of boobs, just mm. saying. <laughs> so you probably don't need all the drugs, but uh, but it is good to see Bron back and hopefully he will be and reunited with Jamie, yes. who is chatting to Marcella Water, which is my new name for Marcella. Marcella Water. I don't know if you... I see, because you're not a girl, Stu, you may not know that there's a, um, a cleansing product for your face that you can buy uh, to take off makeup and other things to clean your face. It's called Micellar Water. So it's M-I-C-E-L-L-A-R. And so when I was writing my recap last week and I said, oh, she turned to water when this happened, I went, oh, Micellar Water. (laughs) And I said, oh, that's just a joke for the ladies. And no one said anything about it. And then one girl on Twitter tweeted me during the week to go, oh my God, your Micellar Water joke was amazing. And it turns out she runs an online makeup (laughs) store. (laughs) And I'm like, holy crap, you run an online makeup store. I'm obsessed with makeup. <laughs> send me stuff. No, I didn't say that. But if you know, if she's listening, Absolutely. Uh, send me Please send that send me Micella water. <laughs> but I do, I just like that so I've put it in again this week just to see if anyone notices. Yes, it's like why is she Micella water? Micella water, what? But she, can I just say, I want the dress that she was wearing. Whatever they're doing in Dawn regarding fashion, I am all they're over it. it. I am it. all over it. Marcella's dress was amazing. What do you think that, that was our first real scene of uh, seeing Marcella, well, certainly interact with Jamie one-on-one, but talk a little bit about her life and why she's in Dawn. And yeah, exactly. She was almost frustrated at this idea that she'd be forced to leave. Mm. She said... Mother sent me here. She said it was my duty to come here. Yeah. And now I'm here and I love Tristane and I'm not going to leave. She was very petulant. Did that strike you as a bit of uh, Cersei coming that, that out definitely, there? I definitely or got a bit that vibe, of Jamie yeah. coming out there? No, no, I definitely, I definitely, no, I definitely got the vibe. Yeah, the well, it's, it's very shallow. So there's only, there's only so much water you can draw from. But uh, no, I definitely got the impression that she was taking after her mother in that regard. Like she was saying, look, you know, I, I did what you asked and I like it here. So I don't want to go. Like, why would I go? Mm. And I love through that whole scene, Jamie's just standing there with that stupid look at his face. Like, what? Like, <laughs> wait, what? I don't, but you don't, but I came. Oh, oh, she's gone. Like just, just and of course, such an anticlimax. That did have the brilliant line, uh, which I think was my favourite line of the show, which is, you look different. You used to have more hair. And he's like, and more hands. (laughs) So good. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how Marcella, because she did have, definitely had that that Cersei headstrong, Mm. stubborn, you ain't telling me what I'm doing. We didn't really deal a lot with the fallout of what was essentially a spy mission. Like, you know, uh, they were going to abduct her and take her back to King's Landing. And mm. so Jamie and Bron... It's interesting that Bron's in a... Bron's in a cell and Jamie's upstairs in a suite wow, with a barred door. That's, that's class. how it works. Yeah. That's class. Um, but, you know, is anything going to come of this? Like, are we going to see more of what's happening? And I felt, too, like, especially watching the Sand Snakes in the, in the, in the prison this week, we haven't seen enough of them. Mm. You know, I think that's that's a real misstep for the show this this year. There was a lot of criticism. There was a lot of, oh, there was a lot of build up ahead of the show um, about you know, the these new snakes. characters yeah. coming in. They were going to be major players, and they've appeared three times now. Yeah, across like seven episodes. That's... And there was a lot of criticism actually on my recap last week. Thanks to everyone who comments. By the way, please mm. keep it up. It makes my life just a little bit brighter every Aww. every time I go in and, and, and go through all the comments and approve comments and stuff. So there were a lot of comments about how the Dawn scenes have been really disappointing. Uh, most people thought that that fight scene last week was, a, you know, I referred to it like carry on up the water gardens. And a lot of people... <laughs> 
had a similar feeling a that it was were, very hammy. And... I, I would be interested to see whether they had to do it quickly. Apparently, uh, well, I was I was reading up about it last week because I, I noticed that scene and I'm like, it was very hammy and it seemed very clunky in a way that a lot of the scenes aren't. And there's a there's a perfect example this week with Jorah, which we'll get to in, in a second. But with the Sand Snakes last week, it was very choppy and very poorly put together. Like the, the fight scene itself, you, it wasn't clear who was doing what and that's not something the show usually suffers from so i'd be interested to see whether or not the show did that quite quickly whether uh, they had to had to improvise something that they planned to do something and they had to change mm. plans at the last minute or something that'd be well interesting they were because... shooting in oh now was it madrid i think and they were actually shooting at a water gardens like historic oh, water okay. gardens yeah. so it's quite probable they had a limited they, shooting yeah they might have only schedule. had a day or something and they had to get everything yeah. done because I think we've seen Prince Doran twice and he's been sitting in the same spot. Yeah. You know, so... <laughs> was, I mean, surely we must see a scene with him and Jamie just discussing what's You would going assume. On. You would or hope anyway. I bringing, mean, Because we didn't, we didn't see Ilaria and she was arrested as well last mm. week after that fight. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see her, Jamie and Doran in a room kind of nutting out... What happens now? What happens yeah. with this marriage and, and these young lovers. <laughs> but you brought up Jorah... I did. Let's go over to Marine and talk Jorah and Who you Tyrion. do forget, with all his pining, is still a bit of a badass. Like, he is... He is a badass, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He is the guy who apparently killed Khal Drogo in single combat. <laughs> apparently. Uh, which is not quite the truth, but no. makes for a good story That's when right, you're trying exactly. to sell a slave. Yes. And this is the interesting thing. Danny has agreed to the reopening of the fighting pits as long as it's free men doing the fighting. Didn't Obviously work. it's not. They're totally just rounding up slaves again. Not even a, a, a pretense mm. at... I mean, she... Clearly, probably no one's told her. But immediately it was the slaves going, hey, yep, selling a slave. And Jorah was bought for 20 bucks. Whatever the, whatever the going rate equivalent is. is currency. <laughs> I didn't quite what hear what What is what the exchange, exchange rate between, uh, you know, Westerosi dollars and... Marine fun bucks. <laughs> Marine fun bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. So... Tyrion, of course, sees Jorah being taken off as a big hit of a, of, a, of a guy. He's a big hit at the auction. Tyrion sees this and all of a sudden starts panicking. Oh, God, I, I have to stay with that guy. I have to stay, I, I have to stay with that guy. Otherwise, eventually, they're going to find a cock merchant. <laughs> oh, my God. The cock merchant. I have to get the T-shirt printed up with that on it. So many people saying, I want to have a T-shirt with the dwarf lives until we find a cock merchant. But they let him go so quickly. They did. I mean, all the talk of the cock merchant. And then they were like, yeah, we'll give you two bucks and he can go with you. But it was interesting to see Tyrion have that panic of, I have to stay with Jorah. Because I will definitely die. I will die definitely die. If I don't, <laughs> it's not a thing. If I stay with yeah. Jorah, I'll probably die. But yeah. if I don't, I'll I have will a fighting chance. Yeah. Definitely die. That's right. And he has a little fight. Tyrion has. He a has little, that. He, yeah, it's amazing. He gets another slave and just kind and of knocks look, him down and, and beats look, him with his to, chain. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the slave. I didn't think. I thought it was like the guy who was holding his chain. Like it was. Oh, the, was it? I thought so. Oh, I um, thought it was a guy. Maybe like, I. Maybe, in maybe a I chain. Mis- maybe I misremembered what was going on there. But either way, he really. Actually, he beat him account, account, held account for himself yeah. pretty well. I was surprised. I'm like, okay, maybe he's not completely full of crap. Like, you know. He, he, I think when the chips are down, he can he can do things. Because yeah. remember way back in series one, we saw him well, do his right. first kill with yeah, Bronn. That's true. We like stabbed a guy in the face or bashed a guy in the face, I should say, with a with That's a true, shield. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's precedent there, yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely a thing. Jorah then is sort of kitted up for this 
qualifying match. It's, mm. It seems like the fighting pits of the World Cup because they're, <laughs> they're having like the great games, yes. but you have to do qualifiers to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's a tough qualifying match. You know, you'd imagine the World Cup soccer, if uh, or football, I should say, you know, and Australia doesn't win, and then all of a sudden, well, that's it, lads, sorry. <laughs> You're all dead. Jorah gets kitted up, goes out into the big qualifying match. Well, actually, he, he enters the wrong... He, he just sort of storms into the match. And, and this, this, is the, this is what I was talking about earlier when I, I thought it was really interesting, that fight scene, because something I only noticed because I was thinking about it, the fight scene with all the with all the, the guys sort of hacking at each other. It's very, a lot of fast cuts, a lot of very choppy editing, back and forth. You, yeah. you still get a sense of where everyone is, but you look a lot at, at you know, people hacking people to, to death. A lot of and that death sort of thing. moments. A lot of death moments and that sort of thing. When Jorah comes in, there's a deliberate shift in the way the camera's moving. It follows him around. It's these big, long, sweeping shots to signify that, like, a fighter on a different level has sort of entered the playing field. I thought it was really well done. And that's why that's why I thought that scene last week must have been rushed because like they, they took their time with this one. There was deliberate choices that they made with camera edits and and the fight choreography that they didn't do last week. It was very quick last week. And Jorah also didn't kill. Yeah, he knocked. He was people mostly out and, knocking people yeah, out, knocking them down. That's right. Giving them quite a concussion. Yes, I don't. I don't imagine they're they're all right. No, no. But he wasn't doing the hacky hacky stabby that's stabby. Right. And that's what seemed to draw Daenerys's attention. Yeah. But just to, just to backtrack a little bit, mm. when they were sitting in, because the, clearly they were doing it in shifts or something. Like the first round went I out. I think there was going to be one and then the second. He was fight, waiting yeah. for the second mm. fight, but he heard them saying, "You know, we fight for you, our queen," or something yeah. like that. And he's gotten he's up, like, and looked on. out the little window, and he saw Daenerys. And the look on his face <laughs> when he saw Daenerys, he just lit up. It was so nice. He did. I mean, was, I know, yeah. I know that it, you know it's it's all going to end tragically for him because she sort of she totally hates his guts. She and, hates and that, his guts. She made that clear this week. But it was so sweet to have him just see her and be so delighted and and you know to to, to see her again. Mm. Um, she is there with, of course, her intended the Lorax. The Lorax. Who's trying to introduce her to the sporty loves and fellas? We've all been there. <laughs> uh, you know, the the new girlfriend, the new wife. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's not into it. She's come along for one game. She's clearly not into it. You're like, it, it's normally better than this. Or, you know? It, you know, look, they have to. It's really bad manners if you don't stay until everyone has been hacked to death. And that's right, yeah. <laughs> Danny getting more and more distressed by this show of violence, which I loved seeing. I loved seeing her reacting so viscerally to... Pure violence for no reason. Yeah, she, she hates she hates just mindless violence. Mm. She doesn't like it at all. So, but you're right. You know the, the 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 new boyfriend trying to go. Hey, stay with it. Like it gets better. It does get better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Once you really appreciate the little nuances, like it's it's it gets really good. I, I just want to briefly mention the fact that we saw Mario and Danny having a bit of a smooch on. Again. I was about to say yeah. So there was definitely. Look, a... I'm never against no. any any scene which has Mario semi-nude except he had a blanket on him which mm. was unnecessary <laughs> but maybe was... maybe he's the cast member who signed the uh, non-nudity clause probably not yeah I think probably it's, I think not. it's the other person it's, in well, that scene yeah but, you know. it's it's disappointing uh, non-nudity <laughs> just, just all around i don't just all around get nude people it's game of thrones get nude. and you're all beautiful like why are you even <laughs> worried about it like you know it's amazing yes. But uh, I am a pervert. That's 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 fair to say too. <laughs> but he said something to Danny where she was saying, "Are you jealous that I'm marrying you know the Lorax?" And he's like, "Yep." 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I am. And then he said, why don't you marry me? She's like, I can't marry you. And he's like, why not? You're the queen. She raised the really interesting point about how you are the queen. You're supposed to be able to do whatever you damn well like. But Mm. in fact, he said, you're the one person here who isn't free. Yes. You can't do exactly what you like. You're in this position where you need to Mm. consider this marriage is a political one. You don't have to marry for political reasons. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, Game of Thrones is far from the first piece of pop culture to explore that well. But, you know, it's interesting. Okay, given, fine, given Stu, fine. No, it's no, not no, original. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it was interesting that, you know, he, as he rightly points out, Danny's all about freeing slaves, but she's sort of a slave to her own responsibility. She mm. needs to... Not to mention herself. a slave to the rhythm. Are we all? And then he did say as well, my advice is round up all of the masters and slaughter them all. And she said, but I, I'm, I'm a queen, not a butcher. Hmm. And he said, all monarchs are either butchers, butchers or, meat. or meat, which I thought was a fantastic <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's almost an operating statement for the show. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's... I should get that on a t-shirt. Butcher <laughs> or meat. And Mario is, is my preferred meat, but that's by the by. <laughs> Let's go now to King's Landing and wrap it all up. Wrap yes, up well, the we podcast. Haven't, we haven't even got to this yet, have we? Oh. With all of the business in King's Landing. Let's start with Olena. Okay, yep. Because I love her. She is great. And she's amazing. Coming, she, up, coming up against some brick walls this, this, uh, this episode, though. Yeah. Thought, which well, was interesting. She is like... She's got some things in common with Cersei in terms of she's very family-oriented. She's very matter-of-fact. And she clearly has worked out that she can find out what people want, give it to them, she can own and them. that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. How then can she deal with someone like the High Sparrow mm. who doesn't want anything I mean the guy lives in a moo-moo <laughs> a shabby one at that not even a floral moo he's totally fine yes without any gold any Tyrell favour or fortune that's it and he says to her you don't have anything that I need it must be strange to meet the person you can't buy mm. you know and that's that's fantastic like, like for someone like Elena Tyrell who has obviously gone through her life finding out as you say like what does someone want right Give it to them and then mm. we can advance. And she makes the really good point though still. If I take all of the Tyrell food from the capital, mm. we're basically propping the capital up. Yeah. If I take that away, I'll put it around to say who, um, who's responsible. Yeah. You can't deal with that. You can't... How are you going to deal with that? Yeah. And, and he it, doesn't really have an answer for that. Well, he did, but it, it was one that I don't... I, I get what the show is going for, but I didn't quite buy it, which is that he said, you know, you know... There are very few of you nobles, and there are a lot of there are a lot of common folk. And if the common folk rise up and suddenly realise that we don't have to be afraid of you anymore, then things are going to go badly for you. Is he's what, basically what he's just saying. quoting from Animal Farm, is what you're saying? <laughs> Pretty much, or yeah. you know, maybe maybe Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Westeros. Um, but <laughs> but we are the ninety-nine with a with a just a, a liberal dash of religious fanaticism, yeah. just to make things weird. But I thought. I thought the show didn't really earn that because the Tyrells, for all intents and purposes, live in a separate place. Like, they, they don't live in King's Landing or indeed in the area... Because they're basically countries. Like, they, they're basically these little kingdoms mm. that are all joined together. They're the Seven Kingdoms. Mm. The Tyrells live in Highgarden, which is away from King's Landing. You know, they're not part of, of that sphere. And they've never seemed to be... Look... 
you know, they're a rich family, so clearly they've become rich at the expense of others. But they're not like tyrants like the Lannisters were. Exactly. Yeah. They have, they've seemed much more like the hippie groovy. You know, Marjorie's even said in the past, oh, we have, you know, the Harvest Festival and everyone wears costumes and yeah. people prepare them for months. They seem like the hippie state. Yeah, that's so right. So <laughs> it's not like, you know, and, and Olena's son, Mace, who's currently, mm. you know, we realise now why he got packed off to Bravos to represent the treasury yeah. of King's Landing because his kids were about to get chucked in jail. Yes. And he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. You know, he's hardly cunning. That's right, yeah. Elena does all the cunning for the family. That's right, She yeah. keeps them on track. It seems strange that he wouldn't recognise that and go, well, there might be a bit of a different case. But he's, as you say, clearly a religious nutbag. Yeah, but, but it seems like the show is making that into a legitimate threat. I don't feel that it is, because if the, if the trails go away and stop sending grain and troops and everything else to King's Landing, that affects King's Landing. It doesn't affect the Tyrells. That's a King's Landing problem. It's very much a real threat. And I think that the show oversells this peasant uprising uh, situation. You know, to me anyway, it didn't feel like a credible threat from the, the High Sparrow. It was strange. Having said that, what happens next might influence that. But let's just yes. quickly mention the fact that Olena went and had a meeting with Littlefinger. With Littlefinger? His broken down little flesh market. <laughs> now, can you maybe sum up what happened in that scene? Because I'm, I'm still a bit unsure of... He, he was saying that he has information well, he that said... he had to provide to Cersei... That lies wouldn't do, but then he said, I do have more information that she doesn't know about a young Actually, man. I, I was about to say, I just now realised what he might be able to provide, because I, I was confused when I was thinking about that scene, but then I just realised um, the the guy who squealed on Slow Loris worked for Littlefinger. He was yeah. the attendant at the brothel. So I don't know whether Littlefinger has access to him or is able to get to him in some way. Oh, so you're saying if there is a trial, if they can't produce because him he as said, a witness. Yeah, he's, he said, I'll give you what I gave to Cersei, a, a pretty young man or something, or a handsome a handsome young man. Yeah. Which was what he said to Elena. So that, that I didn't understand at the time what he was referring to, but I just realised that might be what he was referring to. He, he has access to this guy mm. who squealed on Loras. So that actually that makes much more play. sense yeah. than anything I could think of. Let's then get to the big final revelation, yes. which was, uh, well, we had Tommen Going being cranky, cranky at, his, at, at his at his mum. My wife's in jail and I can't help her. And her soothing him going, I'll do anything for you. She's really got that mother lion thing going on. And that, yeah, that, she that, does. That was and quite a long scene that they had together. And, it, and it, it's needed because it does, it does sort of give her realistic motivation. Otherwise, she's just a crazy idiot. You know, she's doing these insane things, like these tactically stupid, stupid things. And we see this week mm. why they were so tactically stupid because every plan that Cersei makes always <laughs> backfires on her. And I'm every totally time. with you on that now. So, so like, okay, it always yeah. does. Every plan she's ever made always backfires on her. So I wasn't surprised with what happened in this in this episode but it was fun to see it play out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do think the show goes to great pains to show that she's not just irrational. She's not just casting out stupidly. She's doing it to protect her family. It just mm. always blows up in her face. Mm. Every time. So she goes to see Marjorie in jail. And we've never seen Marjorie looking so no. non-glamorous. Yes. It was amazing. <laughs> and Cersei's, you know, tut-tutting about the conditions <sighs> and gives her some food, saying, I had this food myself. Please have some. And Marjorie's like, nah, 
no way, bitch. <laughs> you did this. Get out of my sight. I don't want anything to do with you. And Cersei's all like, oh, I'm so concerned. <laughs> it's very fun. But just having a, a major case of the gloats. Like, yeah. just gloating, gloating, gloating. Yeah, and and, and you, everyone knows what's going on. And when you see her leave yeah. the cell of yeah, Marjorie, yeah. and she has this shit-eating grin. <laughs> she is just so delighted that everything's yes. come up Cersei. Oh, yeah. And yet her son is, is, she says she wants to do things for her son and his happiness matters more than anything. And yet she's depriving him of his wife. But it, that's Yeah, but, but his, his happiness, his happiness it's, as far as she's concerned. Yes. Like she's not interested in that, that is true. aspect of his happiness. But then she turns up in this chapel under Baylor's sept, mm. which is a very plain, simple chapel that the High Sparrow loves because mm. it's stripped of any, well, the gilded monstrosity as he refers to, yes. to Baylor's sept. And so we get him starting to just lay the trap mm-hmm. into yep. Cersei, going, oh, no, well, we had this young man come in and he was broken and uh, we've healed him and now his soul is so light and he's told us a lot about you. And you could just see, I think you said that, like, her face starting to... Across, across that whole scene, you just see it slowly, slowly, slowly start dawning on her what's happening. And we know what's happening. This is the thing, like... Like, you, you realise very early on what's going to happen here. You understand what this is all building up to. But I think it, it it's much more of a slow burn for Cersei. She's going, something's not right here. I'm not getting my way. He's saying all this stuff. I don't understand. And then it's like, oh, and then the penny drops. And it's this wonderful reaction shot from her where she's like, what? Like, very, oh. Very it, was, cool. it was really glorious to see her get that comeuppance. Yes. Like, it, especially especially so soon after she'd been gloating in it, front of Marjorie. It was absolutely an, a spin on a dime. Yeah. You know. It was great. Fortunes were up and then all, all the way shit. down. And I just loved it. Admittedly though, I do still have a, a love of Cersei, the way that she got thrown to the ground by the Silent Sisters. And she's literally like a cat on her knees. Yes. Like the yeah. pose that she was in was very deliberate. She's on her knees uh, hands and knees, like the lioness, like, like yeah, the cat. That's right. And says, look at my face. It is the last thing that you will see before you die. Now, she said this beautiful threat, but to a silent sister. This is a level of threat that she should throw out at her worst enemies, like at the High Sparrow himself or mm. at Marjorie. Or at, and she's delivered it to a silent sister. Yeah. Who They don't talk, so... They yeah, can't say anything right, yeah. back. So they, and they'll never say anything to anyone. It's lost, like, you know. Okay. This fantastic threat that Cersei has issued, like that, like the trapped cat. I am very enthused to see how that will play out. Absolutely. Because now there's there's like a complete power vacuum. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, Tommen yeah. is still the king, but he's it, got no small council. That's right. They're all gone, <laughs> apart from, I think, Maester Pycelle is still kind of he's hanging about. still there, sort of. And also the creepy Maester guy or the non-Maester oh, guy. Oh, Kyburn. Kyburn, yeah, yeah. that's right. So they're around. Mace Tyrell's off. Kevin Lannister is back at uh, back at um, Casterly, Casterly Rock. Rock yeah. He didn't want a bar of it. Jamie's not there. Marjorie's not there. So there's Cersei's Tommen. not there. Tommen is alone. Yeah. And the only person who could maybe provide some advice would be Olena. Mm. Possibly. Well, yes, that's it. As but his mother-in-law, grandmother-in-law, yeah, grandmother-in-law, um, and maybe that's maybe that's what will happen. That there's this strange alliance will form. Mm. It's going to be interesting because you've got to think like they've imprisoned the queen and the queen mother. The way things work in this universe, that doesn't happen. Those people then get killed. That that's yeah. how this has always worked up until now. So maybe this is a show 
turning on its head and sort of saying, nope, this is something different. This is something new you haven't Will seen before. Will we see that uprising, Absolutely. that popular uprising? And another question. They've you know, arrested Cersei on the basis of her incest with Lancel. Do they know about Jaime? Well, you'd assume because, so. Because, I mean, he's told him, he's there's told him incest. Lot of stuff. There's incest. But then there's incest. Yeah. So, and if, if that if that becomes public knowledge, that re- completely removes Tommen's legitimacy as king. Gone. Yeah. So, and then the, whatever's you know power vacuum becomes even bigger. Yes. It becomes a real vacuum, <laughs> even bigger than vacuum. So, well, there we go. So I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully Sansa find her little corkscrew and stab Ramsay Bolton <laughs> in the eye. Looking forward to seeing. Uh, Jon Snow dealing with wildlings. Yes, that's Hopefully coming. Sam and uh, Gilly getting it on. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to seeing Cersei get her sweet comeuppance. Yes, and which we'll I think see. is coming. Yeah, and hopefully Marjorie will get out because I do like Marjorie yeah. flitting about and being she, all plotty, plotty McPlot face. She became a bit, of a, a bit of a weird character this season, but I, I do want to see her get out. Mm. I, she's, yeah, it's good stuff. Let's see it happen, and oh, and Daenerys and uh, Jorah. That's hopefully. right. And uh, Daenerys and Tyrion. And Tyrion is Sorry, there I, and has introduced. We completely him. missed I know, that whole we've bit. We've lost it all over. Ah. Tyrion's back, and he introduced himself to I'm Daenerys, and she's like, "What? I am the gift. My name is Tyrion Lannister. So much potential. <laughs> I can't believe we only just got to that at the end, but." Look, we'll talk about it more next week because we that's that's when we're going to start seeing their relationship develop. So until then, Stu, thank you as always for joining me in uh, the Game of Thrones lounge. No worries. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to like us on iTunes. Rate us and give us a review on rate iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Yep. You can go to facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne or mm-hmm. one word. That's the Facebook page where I put up Game of Thrones related content yep. and other stuff that I do, but it's mostly Game of Thrones. And you can also find me at Girl Clumsy on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm at Disco Stew. So please chat to us. We, we love a chat. We do. We, we're quite chatty, as you can tell from this bloated, <laughs> bloated podcast. So until then, Vala Mugulas! Winter is coming! <laughs>